Thank you guys for coming to another episode of Code You Stead Talk. There's a bitch <laughs> outside your door! No, he was in the house! Fuck trigonometry. Who the fuck is the Conco? I don't know that I trust you. Yeah! I'm not staying around! Goth Gulf? Oh ho ho ho! Oogly boogly, bitch! There it is. <laughs> I'm glad my genuine fear is funny. We're all, we're all gonna die. If somebody wants to tightly grab it and hold it, I won't complain. <laughs> you're like, you're up, big boy, and slap my ass. And like always, up we are again. Hello, everybody. Uh, welcome to the tub. I can't decide if I want to call this episode 4, 3.5, 3, part 2. Uh... But whatever it is, we're back with another episode of The Tub, uh, finishing up last week's discussion of the Salem Witch Trials. I'm here once again with my great guests, Aura and Sil. Y'all say hi. Hello, hello. It's John. I mean, hi. I'm it's John. Ma'am, you support the troops. <laughs> so, fun fact, uh, I did hit recording. Uh, however, while the intro was playing... I realized the Discord audio was set up to the wrong feed. Um, so I almost had it where you guys weren't able to be heard. Uh, but I fixed it <laughs> right as we were starting. <laughs> I love it. Hashtag scuff. Oh, I love it. No, Never. no, no scuff. I fixed it. I'm on top of it today. Uh, my brain is very dead. Um, but we're here. So we're going to be doing Aren't it. we all? <laughs> yeah. Uh, At least we could be brain dead together. Exactly. Yeah, I'm about to say, we could be brain dead together. Together. Forever. We can just hold hands and just kind of melt. It also doesn't uh, help. So, obviously, as of time of recording, uh, Alan Jackson passed away two days ago. Uh, Very sad for me. It was a huge part of my childhood. Yeah, you didn't know that? I know Toby Keith passed. No, uh, Toby Keith. I'm so sorry. That's how brain dead I am. Toby Keith passed. Um, It'll all make sense when I take a step back and say I've been drinking today uh out of my red solo cup uh, i wasn't gonna drink but then that happened and so now every day until monday uh i have a red solo cup and it's oh my god yeah, i was well, so sad when i when i heard that yeah it it wrecked my day i did nothing but listen to uh don't let the old man in on repeat the entire day oh. i fucking cried all day uh but here i am um so if i storm my words a little bit it's because i am celebrating the life of a man who uh, influenced my childhood a whole lot mm-hmm. um same Let's jump into it. How about that? We don't have a lot of time, so let's just jump into it. Um, Where we ended last week is we had just ended up with uh, Phipps. Um, What was his full name? Sir William Phipps. The new royal governor of Massachusetts had just arrived to Americas. Uh, He had just started his court. Uh, His court did not include him. It was nine different judges... Uh, who were all a part of the political and economic elite. Um, This court, normally, when you talk about historic witch courts, they have two things they look for, uh, which is the eyewitness of two or more credible people of physical evidence against witches. And the second is... I'm sorry, no, it's uh, two or... No, yeah, no, I'm right. It's two or more eyewitnesses of physical evidence or confessions. Those are the two things normally used to convict witches. Uh, however, this new court 
has started taking in spectral evidence, which you don't remember. Uh, spectral evidence is the use of quote unquote specters. Um, normally, people assumed that a specter was the ghostly like form of somebody who had signed the devil's book and become a witch. Um, so if you saw somebody a specter, it means it had to be a witch, essentially. There was a lot of debate at the time where, well, if it's the devil or the king of lies, then did he just fake uh, a specter and make it look like an innocent person? And there was a whole debate, but at the end of the day, they decided, screw it. Um, we have a witch problem. We're just going to use it. So they used it. Um, like I said, we had just started getting into the nitty gritty of it all. Uh, the courts had relied heavily on the spectral evidence um, to the point of a lot of bad things happening. At this point, only one person had died, and it was Sarah Good who passed away in prison. Was not executed, uh, let it be known, passed away in prison. Uh, however, on June 10th, Bridget Bishop became the first person to be hung after a guilty verdict based on nothing but spectral evidence and a supposed witch's mark. Um, so we're jumping right into the first execution of this whole thing right away. Um, especially this Bridget Bishop. So the specter, again, normally what they would believe is that the only person who could see the specter was the person who it was haunting. So there was no way to prove it. There was no way to have a second eyewitness. So 100% most likely a false allegation. And then this witch's mark. Witch's marks were what people would assume is where the familiar of a witch would uh, feed off the life energy of its owner, its witch, to preserve itself. This could be things like moles, uh, extra nipples, which people commonly have, um, scars, anything like that. Very common and normal uh, things on the body was taken at witch's evidence. So this person... Apparently had a specter, apparently had, I think it was a third nipple somewhere on like their lower stomach, uh, and that was all it took for them to be hung, which is insane to me. Wow, with the amount of moles, freckles, and scars I've got, I want to know what's trying to feed off of me. <laughs> you talked enough about the birthmark from last time that people would be even surprised of telling where you were, where you were like dead in as well as mm -hmm. like, they'll find something suspicious about your birthmark as well. Yeah, the birthmarks were a huge thing back then, too. Mm -hmm. um, after the first execution of bishops, the amount of accusations drastically dropped. Almost to zero, but not to zero. Uh, and the courts even took a small break. Uh, this didn't last very long, but there was a week or two there where everybody went, Oh, damn. We really just got somebody killed. What do we do? And then at some point, the accusation started back up again. The courts kicked up again and it all flew into a frenzy again. Uh, but it should be known that like, there was a second where the town had a chance to collect its thoughts and go, maybe this isn't right. Maybe we should do things more historically accurate. Feels like a pattern to me. Like when you just said like, oh, we, maybe this isn't a good idea. And then a few days later, you know what? Heck it, let's just do it anyway. Yeah. And then the morals start to become more questionable to the point where 
you're just you're just wondering what's really right and what's wrong and that takes back to um what the moral what the morals really were back then like mm-hmm. what exactly is the right thing mm-hmm. i can't even help but think like so obviously the main people accusing were these like young teenage girls like 12 13 14 years old i can't help but think like oh they went a few weeks without like everything revolving around them and then went now they're suddenly like going back to it uh, obviously you can't prove anything that's just opinion based off purely uh historical documents from the time uh and like writing things like that so you can't prove it but that's almost what my mind goes is man i guess they jumped trust source trust me bro yeah 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 exactly trust me bro yeah trust me (laughs) just trust me bro dude trust me i'm an expert i listen to podcasts and i've read one article i'm a a professional all right um uh it was at this time that while well, this break was going on that a petition started going around questioning the court for using spectral evidence uh, at a great risk of the signees as this was seen as suspicious to go against the court. Uh, yet this um, petition didn't stop anything. So a lot of people took great risk to directly oppose the court in writing. Um, obviously, doing something like that in writing was a whole lot bigger back then. Uh, you talk about like the constitution, the constitution, and you know your John Hancock and all that. Um, so to write your name on a piece of paper directly opposing the quote unquote government, because again, this is before there was an official government of Massachusetts. This is just a quick little court that was only put up just for witch trials. Uh, was seen as incredibly suspicious for somebody to sign. Uh, but again, it stopped nothing. Even to the point on July 19th, Sarah Good, uh, who I said died in prison, but it was the other Sarah, Sarah, I can't remember off the top of my head, but the other Sarah uh, who passes away in prison. But on July 19th, Sarah Good, Elizabeth Howe, Susan Martin, Rebecca Nurse, and Sarah Wilds were all executed, uh, bringing up the death toll to one, two, three, four, five, six now executed during the Salem Witch Trials in just half a year's time. Definitely too many. One of the, yeah, way too many. One of the wildest stories of this whole time frame is that Rebecca Nurse, one of the people that was executed on the 19th, was actually found not guilty. Uh, in trial with their peers, It was fa- she was found not guilty at first uh, due to a petition being signed by over 30 town members stating just how good of a person she was, uh, a character witness, basically. 30 different people came forward to say there's no way she would do this. Uh, And even more people came forward to say, well, no, the people that were accusing her, these young girls, um, they're known liars. We have caught them in lies before. Um, Give me one second. My headphones just died. I forgot to charge them. I can't hear anything. Woohoo, waha, hee hee. Hey, guys, Woo-hoo. go check out Koji and support him all the way. On I swear I'm professional. Especially on Spotify. I'm back. I don't know what you guys said, yeah. but what I'm happened, suspicious Koji? of you. Um, <laughs> what? You can't prove us being witches. Come on, Koji. I don't need to prove. I can make a bullshit evidence, obviously. 
<laughs> yeah, the bullshit evidence. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> <clears throat> we can't say um, it's true. But if we're witches, that means that you're you're hanging out with witches, so wouldn't that also make you a witch? And also, you're, we'll just say you're an accomplice. Hmm. Yeah, but you guys uh, forget the point of, um, you know, uh, fuck it. <laughs> Jeopardy feeling! <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, Rebecca Nurse found innocent due to these um, petitions being signed and people being brought up. However, after she was found innocent, um, somebody, the judge in question, actually stood up and begged the jury to reconsider. Uh, they said something along the lines of, what is it called here? Um, something along the lines of, no, please, please, please reconsider. Look, here is something they said that I found suspicious. And Rebecca Nurse, after, you know, winning her case and then having the judge very blatantly have bias in it, uh, says something to the effect of what do they bring as proof now as they used to come against us? The jury heard the word us in her statement, and they thought that it was a slip of the tongue meant to refer to us as, quote unquote, us witches. And it was that simple us that got the verdict changed from not guilty to guilty and her death warrant signed. That's all it took. I think she was talking about us, the accused, because um, that would make sense. But just simply using the word us got this poor woman killed. Sarah Good, who was another person uh, executed, even as she was hung and executed, her four-year-old daughter was still kept chained up in prison. That'll tell you just exactly how atrocious cool. these times were, and cruel was a mm. great word. Because if you remember, we talked a lot last episode about just how horrible these prisons were. The food you got was stale and moldy. You were chained to the wall. You had to pay rent. They were making a four-year-old daughter who they just killed their mother paid rent to be kept in chains and eat moldy food. A little bit of a different world back then. Still incredibly cruel. Imagine having a job at four years old. Yeah, that's... Jesus. I can't even imagine that. That's, Especially such a grueling kind of... It's. Thing. I do want to point out. Luxury. Yeah, exactly. I do want to point out just now, uh, while we're talking about it. Uh, thankfully, Rebecca Good, the four-year-old daughter, did survive all this and lived to grow up a nice full life. Uh, but what a horrible way to start out life. Yeah. One of the biggest crowds to witness these hangings was reportedly uh, gathered on August nineteenth. When Cotton Mather arrived from Boston to witness the execution of Reverend George Burroughs, Martha Carrier, George Jacobs, John Proctor, and John Williards. If George Burroughs' name sounds familiar, it's because he was the reverend um, that was accused of being a witch. Um, obviously, being a reverend. That was really shocking to the point of he had the nickname of King of the Witches. Um, so August 19th is when the batch that he was hung with. 
um, again, a horrible day, but one of the quote unquote biggest crowds was to watch him get hung. Uh, the last execution day of the Salem Witch Trials was on September 22nd, my birthday, um, which is spooky, when Martha Corey, Mary Etsy, Alice Parker, Mary Parker, Ann Pewter, Wilmot Red, Margaret Scott, and Samuel Wardwell, Reverend Nicholas Noyes, um, Oh, sorry, and no, Reverend Nicholas Noyes didn't die, but Samuel Wardwell was the last to be executed. And Reverend Nicholas Noyes was quoted saying, What a sad thing it is to see eight firebrands of hell hanging there. That's atrocious. I... Oh, it's a hard thing to talk about, just because a lot of these people are being killed by people a few weeks ago. A few months ago at this point, they might have thought as, you know, good friends. And now, just because somebody didn't like them, they're being hung. Uh, Giles Corwin, who was the husband to Martha Corey. Uh, it's not Corwin, it's Corey. Sorry, I had a typo there. Uh, he was accused also. However, he refused to stand trial and was laid on the floor and had a platform placed on his chest and then had stacks of rocks placed on him until they got a confession out of him. This was a common practice called pressing, where obviously heavy amounts of stone and rock would be placed on somebody's chest, uh, normally as a torture method. It wasn't meant to kill him. However, uh, Giles was scared that if he went to court and got successfully accused or lost his case that his family already now losing his wife uh his sons and daughters would lose the land and inheritance and all the money in his savings so as a way to get around that he just endured the torturing even to the point of his very last words were add more weight and he kept saying that, and only that, until he passed away two days after being after after going through this pressing. Not only would that be such hard physical torture, but imagine the mental toll that that is also taking. Like you know, you're gonna die, mm -hmm. and there is not a damn thing that you can do about it. It takes a lot of balls because that's forty eight hours of just absolute hell knowing this is the end but i'll say that's really inspirational there because he went through all that just for his his kids mm -hmm. uh, just so he could make sure that even after they were gone they weren't going to be just homeless and left without anything right. so it's really inspirational with him and absolutely horrible it happened uh but that's also one of the most famous stories of all the salem witch trials um, mm -hmm. most of the time, mm -hmm. most of the time people don't lump him in to the number killed, uh, because he wasn't hung, but, uh, I think it was, yeah, 19 were executed and his death makes 20, uh, people that were killed directly via the trials. People like, uh, the person who died in prison weren't counted to this main number because technically speaking, they weren't executed. 
but if you count the number of people that died in prison, the number is actually a lot higher. Oh, yeah, especially due to the poor conditions and everything. Mm-hmm. Absolutely atrocious. Yeah. No, and you got to think about where the medicals, uh, supplies, and thinking was way back when. I was going to highlight about that, actually, so I'm glad you mentioned it, Koji. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to say, this is an era where you have to be careful making medicine because most of the people out there will think that you brewing up medicine is no different than brewing up potions, which aligns with witchcraft. Mm-hmm. And that's just something to be careful with. And because of all like the, the do or die hard situations, like being in a prison, having like living in poverty for so long, living in the cold, all that, all, all those conditions, those toxic conditions, it's not something that could be taken lightly. And this is, and it's not easy to actually save lives because you don't want to be outed or executed. Mm-hmm. Especially the way that medicine is created back in the day with, you know, herbs, mortar and pestle, these things look like potions and witchcraft. And it's like, I'm just trying to save your life. Thank Even you. tree roots for that matter. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Anything that you can like. These people know what they're doing. Like they could have help. Herbalists have been around for decades and decades. But it people, was seen as blasphemous. Yeah, people's line of thinking back then yeah. was just so wild to me. I, obviously, I know we touched on it last week where people would say, nowadays people think, oh, when I, if I was back then, there's no way I would go with it. But to my point again is a lot of societies like herd mentality. So I say like, I can't even imagine being like that. But I, it's easy to see how as if you raised in that society how you might think like that but i mean that's just it's wild that we even got to a point in society where that was like the norm not to to mention the sense of if i don't agree with you i'm gonna die too yeah (laughs) yeah and that can that can just be really really scary especially for like young kids Mm mm-hmm it's very hypersensitive to say the least, because literally, if you say, I don't agree with you, well, guess we're gonna die. Yeah, 100%. Guess we'll just die. I <laughs> guess we'll just die. I guess it's the end. It's the end. But on September 22nd, that was the official last execution of the Salem Witch Trials. 20 people were executed. Again, 19 hung, one pressed to death. Um,. And if you count the more people who were killed in prison or through rough uh, or through injuries, through uh, intimidation tactics uh, and torture, the number is higher. However, it's impossible to know exactly what that number is just due to absolute poor record keeping of the prisons back then. Most people, when you think of the Salem witch trials, their first thought is to think of burning people alive or doing the whole throw them in the river and if they sink they're a witch if they swim or if they they swim they're a witch and if they sink they're innocent uh however none of that really happened during the salem witch trials that's not to say that stuff didn't happen in history because it did it happened quite often uh overseas uh however nobody was burned to death during the salem witch trials mary etsy uh who was executed on the 22nd part of that last group um she's calmly thought to have made the biggest impact towards the turn of the Salem witch trials. When she was on the execution stand and she gave her final goodbye to her family, 
It was so emotional and so impactful that the majority of people in the crowd started crying and weeping right alongside her. Though not all of them were affected and some of them stood strong, her final goodbye was so powerful um, that everybody in the town kind of took a step back and looked again and went, I don't know if this is right. Etsy, knowing she was doomed to die, wrote a letter to the court begging them to stop and for her to be the very last person that dies in all of this nonsense. And with that letter becoming public knowledge and her final goodbye, public opinion finally started to turn. It's kind of sad to me um, when you think about it because she got up and she gave this heartfelt speech and she did her absolute best to, you know, change everybody's opinion, even to the point of when she was saying this goodbye, she wasn't begging for her life. She wasn't saying, please keep me alive. Please don't do this. Don't do this. She was saying, please don't do this again. She knew she was going to die and she didn't argue. She didn't fight. Obviously she fought, but what she was fighting for wasn't herself, but it was to stop the people from doing any more of these executions, which is an extremely noble act to me. It takes a lot of courage to say, if you want to kill me, fine, but just understand that I should be the last. And it's so horrible because her final goodbye was that turning point. But that turning point only came a few days after she died. And it didn't happen then. Again, obviously, I can't think of anybody who'd be ballsy enough to stop a public execution just off the whims of emotion. But, I mean, that has to... It just stings a little bit thinking that she did it. She convinced the public of Salem... That it was wrong and they need to change their ways. She successfully did it. But it was such a late reaction on their end that she still died. It's one of those things where you kind of get told and you're like, you know, this isn't going to make a difference. And you're like, eh, I'm going to try. I have to try because look at what look around you and the fact that they don't even know yeah. that it did make a difference even if it was after. <laughs> mm-hmm. One of my favorite it... quotes uh, actually comes from, it's a really serious quote that I really love, but it comes from a really goofy source, and it's the old Red versus Blue animated Halo series. And it's the very last, like the original seasons. I don't remember exactly what season it is, but there's a lot after it, but like it's the ending of like, the main story. Uh, and it goes, we've all seen the action movies, where the hero makes the noble sacrifice, they sacrifice themselves, they win the day, and their friends celebrate, and everything is good. But the hero doesn't get to celebrate. He doesn't get to know if his actions worked, or if he died for nothing. He just has to have faith. And I think that's a big thing happening here, because I say all this, but now that I think about it, like, 
all that emotion pent up in people after this heartfelt goodbye. Everybody's crying. If for whatever reason she wasn't killed and she was taken off the stage, do you think that would have like hit as hard? Or was her death the final pushing point in everybody's emotion? I think it's tough because mostly like when you see, when you experience a loved one or anybody that experienced death, someone that's close, then it hurts. It hurts deep down because you, f- you either feel like you failed them or you feel like you're not ready to say goodbye to them yet. And it's, it's the hugest thing in this had this. And it's funny you mentioned red versus blue because this occurs in a lot of other superhero movies that you watch every day. A lot of those superheroes have to make a great sacrifice, even if it's someone they care about, even if it's something special, some most important to them. But they don't they don't want to accept it. But sometimes you have to make a great sacrifice in order to make a difference around the world. Mm-hmm. Even if you're not necessarily choosing to make that sacrifice, sometimes it just has to happen, and it's your resolve and your dedication to move forward and your protection of others that make that difference and so it's hard to think about but at the end of the day i think uh think on it now after processing everything a little bit if she doesn't get executed and she does walk off that stage i don't know if it makes an impact i don't know if they stop then or if they go longer uh, especially in a time time frame like that mm -hmm. yeah but thankfully they did um and this letter she wrote and her final goodbye got the attention of some higher up people. And on October 3rd, Increase Mathers, uh, who was a leading minister in the area and president of Harvard College at the time, he wrote a book called Cases of Conscience Concerning Evil Spirits Impersonating Men, in which he urged the court to stop using spectral evidence, writing, it would be better for 10 witches to escape than for one innocent person to be killed. Fourteen other local ministers all signed this book and this letter that Increase wrote out to the public in their support. And so this is the first time that people outside of Salem and Massachusetts, other big institutions, are like taking note and being like, hey, um, you guys need to fucking quit that. Another respected minister urged, these spectral ev- urged that spectral evidence couldn't be taken seriously and conviction should only be taken on a free and involuntary confession or the testimony of two or more credible witnesses to an act of black magic. Like we had talked about earlier, those are the two normally um, used evidences when uh, going after witches. Uh, but this minister again said, no, no, no. This is how you do it. Your spectral evidence isn't true. Maybe not true, but isn't thorough enough. Uh, He also urged confessions from other witches accusing each other to be unreliable. For if a witch had sold her soul to Satan, the father of lies, what credit is it to be given to their testimony to the lives of others? Like we talked about last week, um, a really big thing that was happening was if somebody confessed to being a witch, they could get away from being executed if they said, I'm a witch, but so is person B. And they point the finger at somebody else. 
this happened quite often um, with people who refused to confess, which is terrible that just the confession of somebody else trying to save their own life uh, was the reason that somebody else died. However, at the same time, you can't really fault the other person. I mean, it's kind of understandable for fear to make you want to save your own life. Oh, yeah. Like, I feel like that's mostly in human nature because you're going to be so afraid. Yeah. And when you're that scared, you kind of lose control over what you're saying to begin with. Mm -hmm. You're just kind of frantic and you're like searching for anything to grab onto, like anything to say, anything that makes sense, anything to keep you or, you know, or your loved ones or whoever you're looking at safe. And it can bite you in the ass, especially in something like this. hundred percent. That's like very, it's very intimidating to say the least. Yeah. You got to think the mentality back then was you or me. And it's sad that it happened, but it's probably what a lot of people thought. On October 8th, Thomas Brattle, a distinguished mash, a distinguished mash, distinguished, I can't speak, <laughs> distinguished mathematician. Yeah, three times fast. And treasurer of Harvard wrote a letter accusing the court of threatening civil liberties in which the people of New England treasured. He wrote, quote, If the devil will be heard against us and his testimony taken to the seizing and apprehending of our liberties, of us, sorry, uh, apprehending of us, our liberties vanish, and we are fools if we boast of our liberty. He also called the young girls who were accusing everybody to be blind and nonsensical. Going back to it again, like, obviously there's no proof and, you know, maybe they had some sicknesses going on that were playing with their minds. But a lot of this was just these little girls who were just throwing accusations left and right. Uh, and finally, other people are being like, hey, these girls are known liars. Why are we listening to them and killing people off the word of known liars? With these men speaking out, the people finally started to doubt the court. However, it wasn't till the end that things got serious for Governor Fipes, when his own wife was accused of witchcraft. He decided that the stability of the colony and his position as governor was at stake, and that the trial should be suspended. And on October 12th, he wrote to his superiors in England to inform them of all that was happening. However, he put most of the blame on the Chief of Justice, William Sotton Fipes. No, William Sotton, not Fipes. William Sotton. Fipes lied, and he said that he was unaware of what was going on, as he was off fighting Native Americans and was not in town during these uh, court hearings. He also reported... Uh, to ban any further publication on the matter. Um, so not only did he like write over to his superiors over in England, he put the blame on somebody else, lied that he wasn't there, that he had no part in this, and then also made it a crime to report on this. So newspapers, novelists, and things like that were thrown in prison for writing. Um, which is why uh, freedom of the press was such a huge thing back when we were writing our uh, Bill of Rights and stuff like that when America was born. 
And October 29th. How, con- how convenient for it to end. Oh, it doesn't technically end there. There's still a little bit more. Uh, but yeah, right? Uh, are you talking about his wife getting accused? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so when he got to... When he got to Massachusetts, he, he heard what was going on with this witch stuff. We talked about it a little bit. Um, he was immediately scared because his, some one of the relatives of his wife got accused earlier for being a witch. And like I said, he was known to have played with uh, Native American children when he was a child. And unfortunately, back in those times, people thought of Native Americans as um, followers of the devil. Uh, sucks to say, but just because of their race, that's what they were persecuted as. Um, so they were always scared of it, which to me is kind of a reason why he allowed things to go out of hand, and just kept saying, "No, no, no, uh, yeah, y'all, y'all do y'all's thing. Y'all go crazy over there. Just don't look at me. Don't look at me." Um, when he says that he wasn't there during the trials, that part is true. Uh, he was not a judge of the courts and was not really there for any execution or trials. However, he was there for the majority of the meeting of the nine judges. Uh, so when they would get together and talk about what they're doing and things like that, he was there. So he very much so knew what was going on and had the authority to stop it. However, he didn't. And like Silvana said, it was only when his wife got accused that he finally said, ooh, maybe this should stop in October 29th, the court was finally resolved, and in the following months, a new court of order was placed and put into place. The previous court that we were talking about for the past two episodes, like I said, was only there for these witch trials and nothing else. But this new court was the official court of New Hampshire. It had a proper legal uh, process. William Stoughton, who was the chief of justice of the witch court, was again placed as chief justice and over time the remaining 52 people in jail were tried again and this time without spectral evidence in short time 30 of these people were declared innocent and cleared and freed and in the next few weeks the rest of the people finding three of them guilty all of whom had confessed Um, so 52 people were in prison when it all ended All were let go, except for the three people who had confessed to being a witch. Uh, They weren't executed. They were just kept in prison. But thankfully, the majority of the people were let go. Stoughton signed the death warrants uh, for the final execution, as well as five others who were executed. Uh, However, this was delayed due to pregnancies. So there were five people who were supposed to get executed. However, they were pregnant. Uh, and so they were allowed to stay alive long enough to give birth. And after they had given birth, Stoughton tried to sign their death warrants. Thankfully, however, Fipes uh, signed reprieves of these executions as the King of England's Attorney General wrote directly to him. Enraged, Stoughton resigned and said, This land is Satan's now. May the Lord have mercy on us all. So it was kind of a lot. Um, I'll break it down. Stoughton was a hundred percent convinced that this witch problem was real and was a massive threat. And he was trying to kill these five mothers who had just given birth. Uh, and it wasn't until 
the king's attorney general, a.k.a. basically the king of England himself, uh, not the same person, but the attorney general speaks kind of for the king, which is why I say that, um, writes directly to Fipes saying, hey, what the absolute fuck are you guys doing over there? Quit that shit. And Fipes said, okay, fine, fine, fine. I'll make him stop, I'll make him stop. And thankfully they did. Uh, and if that letter got there from England fast enough for Fipes to stop Stoughton from killing the last of the people. And one of the worst parts of this whole thing, even after it officially ended, several people stayed in prison because they were too poor to pay for the room and board of a prison. A 79-year-old lady died in prison before her family could get the money together. And one of the last people was Tichuba, one of the first people to be accused and thrown in prison and the very last to be set free. She was only set free after Paris, the reverend of Salem at the time, sold her to another man and the new person paid her fees. So another return to the reoccurring theme of prisons being shitty. Even after they were cleared of witchcraft, now they had the crime of not being able to pay their rent in prison. And so they had to stay longer, even to the point where people died. Innocent Honestly, people I died in prison because they, them. yeah, they couldn't afford. No, you're good. I'm sorry to talk about you. Absolutely atrocious. Atrocious. And with that, it was over. The Salem Wood trials uh, were over. Reverend Paris, again, if you go back to the first time, his daughter and his niece were the two people, uh, the two little girls who started accusing people first. Tichiba was his slave who was the first witch to confess and was the first witch to point fingers at others. He was also the priest that was like starting problems in the community. Uh, the community agreed not to collect church taxes so he didn't get paid. So he was very upset at the community. Uh, and he found himself in the face of public anger as people realized that he was fanning the flames uh, of the Salem witch trials the entire time through his sermons of anger and rage. People started to remember how angry he was at the town before all of this started. He tried one last-ditch effort to have a sermon speaking out and asking for forgiveness. Yet after two years and many dead, he could find no forgiveness in the heart of Salem citizens, and he was kicked out of town two years later in 1697. In 1694, Fipes, William Fipes, was recalled to England to stand trial for charges of corruption and physical assault. Um, it should be noted, the corruption charges were not directly involved with the Salem Witch Trials. They were other charges. Uh, however, he was charged with corruption and physical assault. Uh, however, he soon grew sick and passed away. Stoughton was then named Governor of Massachusetts in a sick and cruel end that the man who almost single-handedly pushed this thing downhill 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 and who signed all the death warrants for those executed was now governor in the following years some of those involved came forward and apologized the the courts issued uh, again the courts as in the new courts the legal courts the real ones not the witch courts 
the courts issued a statewide day of fasting and contemplation and remembrance. And in 1702, the colonial government declared the trial to be unlawful and forever bade, forbade spectral evidence and use of witch trials. And from this day, no one in America has ever been tried for witchcraft since. In 1706, Anne Putnam, who was one of the young girls who accused people, uh, one of the most famous young girls who accused the most people and got a lot of people killed, uh, now 26 at the time, wanted to join the local Puritan church. However, to join the church, a public confession was needed. And in this public confession, she broke down, she apologized, and she begged for forgiveness. It should be noted, uh, I could not find anything that if she did in fact confess to lying. I found a few articles saying that some of the little girls came forward and did confess to lying. However, the 1706 um, public confession by Ann Putnam, I could not find for sure if she confessed to lying, but she did apologize for her role and she did beg forgiveness uh, in which she was given and she was allowed to join the church. But with that, that was the last known historical, I guess, data point from all this. And that is where the Salem Witch Trial ends. Wild. Absolutely well, wild. Well, history. Well, well, history. It's so funny because, like, nowadays, like, it happened so long ago. And you're looking at articles in, like, 2022 to 23, where we finally witnessed the truth. Whether, like, whether this person was lying, whether this person was a witch. And then there's, like, several years later, they were lying. <laughs> yeah. Who would have guessed it? Oh, by the way, they're lying. Yeah, by the way, they're all lying. Mystery solved, everyone. <laughs> they're all assholes. I also can't help but think that the people that were saying that they were, you know, witches and being like, oh, yeah, that's, I am. Were saying these, because being executed was a lot more merciful than being in prison. Yeah. Yeah, you're not wrong. Like, just well, like to the look point at of... everything that's like laid out for you in prison if whether that's you know the food the the living conditions the rent that you know you can't afford the mm -hmm. med lack of medic medication illness sickness and not to mention you're probably around everyone else that's dying because mm -hmm. you and i both know they're not cleaning those up i don't know yeah also so, to the point of like... i think there were only two people who confessed to being witches who were not who didn't then go i confess but I also confess that that motherfucker over there is a witch. And due to them pointing the finger, they were let go. So you could confess. And at that point, after you confess, you're either, well, you're going to get a quick execution and a release from all this bullshit. Or you're just getting let free. Um, There's several ways to pass away. You're either executed, which is quick and painless. Or, or slow. suffer in prison. Mm -hmm. Eventually suffering even more. I don't know which one is worse. Choose your poison. <laughs> yeah, that's honestly what it is. It's like, all right, we'll pick which one suits you best. Because yeah, no matter what. Which way you want to go. But yeah, just absolute atrocious. And again, I had touched on it in the first episode, but due to the poor record keeping of prisons, we had people in just recent years, I think I said 2022, where somebody was formally cleared of witch charges. 
because they had just found records of them having a guilty verdict. So it blows my mind that there might be people out there who, speaking through the eyes of the law, are guilty of witchcraft. Yeah. It's kind of why it's so interesting to me that this has skimmed over so much in school versus like delving in because these things are still being looked at mm -hmm. even even if it's just on a yeah on a historical or even a legal standpoint it's like these things are still happening like if we're looking at these records and things that are being found and yet if you ask pretty much anyone just like on the street they're not really gonna know much about exactly. the Salem trials they'll know like the pretty much like the super super basic info oh some people were accused of witchcraft and were so no the superstitious parts and it's very hard to identify especially if you're not aware of the scenarios so one thing that i didn't know because we like like we talked about we talked about it in school not a lot uh i was among the people who 100 percent believe people were burned alive thrown off cliffs thrown in rivers with the rocks tied on them and stuff like that that stuff didn't happen so it is just it just goes to show you just like a lot of people they know the gist that people were executed due to witch accusations but nobody really truly understands just what happened uh so i was actually really thankful for this episode to happen um just so i could take the time to go back and you know, look all this and I learned a whole lot um, but at the end of it I think it's just a sad sad story of what happens when people that fear and greed uh, take their minds over and rule their decisions unfortunately though yeah those are still may it not still be happens, yeah. and that's not so, you know it may not be witchcraft it may not be like that but those things are still the biggest problem yeah they still played a huge part in our history not even just history but even now like these things are such they can drive you know the human soul to do so many things mm -hmm. and a lot of it you can't end up taking back well I think that's where we're going to end uh, the recording uh, of episode four, three and a half, episode three, part two of the Salem Witch Trials. Uh, if you enjoyed it, please feel free to give me a rating. Uh, I would love it, and it helps me grow tremendously. Um, we are going to take a second after this to talk to the chat. Again, if you want to be here during a live recording, uh, twitch.tv slash thekoji. Um, come and join us for a live recording uh, and talk to us um, but with that we will end it here uh, thank you guys so much for joining me, thank you to Aura and Syl um, I'll see you guys for episode 4 I already have my guests lined up and the topic picked out and it's going to be uh, believe it or not, another spooky episode, I don't mean for all these to be spooky, however I just got spooky things on the mind, but yeah uh, I will see everybody then bye bye